This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Eric Huddleston. He's an expert in PR analytics and big data. Before leading his current company, Trendkite, he ran product for Sprinkler after the merger with social analytics firm Docus Group. He brought to market Docus Group's platform that enables brands to optimize paid, owned, and earned tactics through the lens of earned media. Eric, are you ready to take us to the top? Awesome. All right. So let's start first at Sprinkler. We just had Raji on actually very recently shared with some revenue numbers, you know, doing a well over 180 million bucks a year now. Interesting lawsuit just filed against them. $50 million. We'll see. I'm sure he'll be fine there. But what did you do at Sprinkler and why leave to launch Trendkite? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I ran product uh, for Raji and they are uh, doing a phenomenal job after they acquired a Dachis group, which, uh, uh, I, I built a big data analytics platform. They analyzed social data that helped brands and their agencies to, to optimize their paid on earn activities. And that was acquired uh, by Sprinkler to, to really get uh, a core of an, an analytic engine uh, and then some deep benchmarking. We had, uh, we had built uh, a map of about 50,000 companies and their brands across all their geographies, their social footprints, uh, and then uh, did deep benchmarking of uh, the performance uh, of all of those. So while you know Sprinkler is is obviously going to be a phenomenal success, the real lure uh, of uh, of Trinkite really is firmly uh, entrenched in earned media. If you if you back up and you talk about the the way that that CMOs think about about media, they think of it in terms of paid, owned, earned, and shared. You know, so paid, you can think of buying, you know, display yeah. ads, et cetera. You know, if you own, this is like your blog posts, your website, uh, even to an extent, your your own social presences shared. This is conversations taking place uh, on social media and then earned. You're really talking about the, the high credibility uh, endorsement that comes from third parties. So, Eric, when did you launch Trendkite? Uh, I was employee number seven, uh, got here in the middle of 2014, uh, and the company, uh, was started, uh, a year earlier by a, a couple of guys that went through an accelerator called dream it. Okay. So it's 2013 launch. Now did dream it strategically place you at the company after demo day or how did that happen? So after demo day, uh, they, uh, they pulled together an investment from, uh, a Austin focus firm called Silverton. Uh, and I was very familiar with the Silverton guys. Uh, Were you an EIR quit. there? I was not, uh, but uh, their uh, their founding uh, partner uh, invested uh, in a company I did all the way back in 1993. Uh, so we we knew each other for a while, and uh, we 
you know, so they introduced me. I put them in a couple of customers. The customers loved it. Uh, and so, uh, was it a contingent the, financing though? Was your partner at Silverton, he was only going to do the deal and write the check into Trendkite if you joined as CEO? Uh, yes. That's, and and that's the typically how time, these work. Yeah, exactly. And at the same time, uh, uh, Mercury Fund, which at the time was a, a DFJ affiliate, now independent, uh, also, uh, invested, uh, to, to build that round. And then, you know, we got, uh, momentum, uh, spent 2014 figuring out the unit economics uh, on the business, uh, attracted an investment from Battery Ventures. How much have you raised to date? Uh, we've raised about 37 million. 37 million, okay. And what is the, so let me go quick back to the early story and then I wanna get kind of fast forward to where you are today. I mean, when you come into a company like that a year after the kind of the founders created, how do you do that in a gentle way, right? Like how do you, I mean, you know what I, you know what I mean, you know what I'm asking, how do you do that gently? Yeah, we were uh, radically aligned uh, and the company was very small. I was employee number seven uh, and, you know, we had a handful of customers. Uh, so it was early enough that you didn't have a lot of the 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 pain of of, of an external uh, CEO. OK, but still, I mean, there was a financing. It was contingent on you coming in as CEO. That means they didn't think the current founders could. I mean, there's hard conversations there. Right. So the reason I'm asking this is for other founders right now, maybe going through demo days and they're looking at rounds where there's a CEO contingency right from outside mm-hmm. coming in. How should they handle it? How should they view it? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll look at it two ways. In the Trinkite case, I think the guys probably could have kept going. Uh, I think they made the conscious decision that they could accelerate the pace of success and innovation uh, if they brought in an external CEO. Now, then, for for founders that may may not have you know that option, or even those that that do, you know, they really they really need to look at a at a trade off of the enterprise value that they can create over what time frame. Uh, and you know, if they're confident that you know they can kind of eke it out. Uh, with less capital uh, and have a fantastic outcome in a, in a time frame that that works for them, then they they should say no. Uh, but if they're either not confident in their own abilities or if they're confident that uh, that an external CEO could radically accelerate, you know, time to, you know, kind of critical mass, uh, then then it makes makes total sense. Okay, let's let's now focus on kind of where you are today. So, you know, PR plus analytics put together. Give us a story, a customer story, how they use you. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, uh, customers uh, leverage us. To Can you solve- name one though? Can you tell me a specific story? Sure. Um, let me let me think of a, of a of a great customer. So, you know, like uh, uh, you know, Nike leverages us to. Uh, understand the impact of their image uh, across, you know, geographies, you know, because it's, it varies radically based on, you know, what sports are hot in those countries, you know, who the endorsers are there, the, you know, the footwear uh, and, and accessories that, uh, that, that are in vogue uh, in, in those geographies. And you really want to understand uh, how people are talking about, uh, though that's, uh, you know, your, your brand image, uh, at, at, at a high level. And what, I mean, it sounds like this is a high touch, high ACV kind of model, but I mean, what are customers paying you on average? Are we talking 10 bucks a month or a million or a hundred thousand? Uh, you know, it's actually pretty, you know, it's pretty transactional for, uh, in the grand scheme of things. So, 
you know, five figures to low six figures. Annually or monthly? Uh, annually. Annually. Okay, got it. So, we'll, I mean, we'll say conservatively 50 all the way up to well over 100 grand. I imagine you have some outliers up there. We do. Um, okay, great. And and you mentioned you spent a long time, well, not a long time, but you, you spent a full year figuring out unit economics. So, so before you put a focus on that, like, first off, what made that a priority? Was churn really high or something? No, it's just, you know, it's what I'd encourage any entrepreneur to do when they're starting out. You know, once you've you know, you kind of understand what you're building and and how it's going to be valued. Uh, your very next task is you've got you you need to figure out a model where you can efficiently scale uh, your distribution model. Uh, and and so you know our value prop to our customers uh, at that time was you know quantifying the impact that 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 PR had on their their media outcomes and then helping them to optimize that. That was very well understood uh, and. You know, so I had confidence in that. What I didn't have confidence in was, you know, how we could efficiently scale uh, our sales engine uh, to hit the growth rates that we wanted to hit, which was, you know, sustained triple digit growth rates, you know, sort of ad infinitum. So uh, we spent all of our time ensuring that we understood uh, the CAC, CAC, CAC payback period. The what do you optimize channels. the payback period for right now? What's that? What are you trying to optimize payback period for right now? Uh, eight months on a gross profit basis. Got it. So you multiply. I like that you said it like that. A lot of people don't multiply by by gross profit in the at the end of the equation, but you do. So exactly. it's a true. It's a true. Absolutely. It's a true measure. Well, it's because what you really want to know is two things. You know, you want to know how much cash it's going to take to acquire the the customer. Uh, and you want to know how much of that's going to be left over for you to reinvest in getting the next customer. So, you know, how long is it going to take? And I actually look at, uh, at CAC payback period, both on a revenue basis and a cash basis, uh, which are, you know, if you have, you know, any kind of payment term variants, uh, can be very different. Yeah. Paid up front versus not paid two years up front, whatever. Yeah. Interesting. So on an eight month payback and minimum ACV in that 50 grand range, you said five figures up into the six figures. I mean, you're paying North of 33 grand to acquire these customers, or at least you're comfortable paying that much. Maybe you get some lucky deals, but we actually, we have phenomenal unit economics. So, so our CAC is very low. That's great. Well, I mean, yeah, that is, I mean, with an eight month though, and a $50,000 ACV, I mean, that would be about your CAC, right? 33 grand at a minimum. Uh, you know, I, I won't go into what our, our actual deal sizes are. Uh, well, so, just to be clear, Eric, I'm multiplying your numbers. You said earlier, your minimums are in the five figures and you go into the six figures. And, and then, and then you decided it was 50 grand. So I'm, I'm just saying that's not a, that's not a subject that I'm going to oh, talk oh, about. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Well, I mean, uh, so five figures, I mean, so it could, it could be as little as 10 grand all the way up to 90 grand, right? So there's a big range there. So, I mean, what, 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 what I hear, range. what I hear you saying is, uh, you know, you're not going to spend 33 grand on a 10 grand, right? Per year customer. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Sorry. My, my misunderstanding yep. there. Um, okay. Take me back to some of the kind of team orientation. So what do you have today in terms of size and how are they oriented? We've got, uh, over 200 employees now, uh, which is up a lot, uh, from seven in 2014. Uh, you know, it's, uh, the classic breakdown for a for, you know, a B2B SaaS company that does, uh, a lot of, you know, inbound outbound telesales. Uh, so, you know, we've got, probably 75, uh, you know, quota carrying reps, uh, 75 you know, out of the total 200. Wow. That's a big chunk of your team are sales folks. And that's BDR, SDRs, inbound qualifiers, prospectors, like the whole you know, thing. There's a lot of people in that, but yeah. 
That's great. And then, and then are they, I mean, so you're running, you're running a pretty typical playbook. Like what, do you have a, a ratio of kind of SDR to AE, like account executive or what are kind of the internal ratios look like for your machine? Yeah. So, you know, that uh, that, that depends on the, uh, you know, the quota capacity of the reps. So the more senior you are, the more marketing support you get on, on from an outbound standpoint, the more inbounds you get it allocated to you. So we actually do something uh, that I call dynamic CAC allocation. So uh, we'll actually bias more support resources to our most efficient closers. Uh, and then we'll also build kind of a portfolio, uh, an account portfolio that has a different mix of you know, high value, mid value, low value uh, uh, accounts, depending on how effective they've been executing. Interesting. And uh, so at, it depends. And at what frequency do you tune that machine? Is that a quarterly kind of review or annually or uh, weekly? Well, you do you, you do that bi weekly. Yeah, you you'll change a whole team infrastructure bi weekly. Uh, what you, what you're really doing there is the. You're you're tuning the account allocations and the amount of support that they're getting. Interesting. Okay, good. And where's everyone based? Where's home? Uh, we're headquartered in Austin. We have folks in the Bay Area. We have an office in London. Those are the three big ones. Those are the three big ones. Okay, and then, then dogs and cats. And then take me in. I mean, you've done this before. You mentioned unit economics, unit economics many times. Where are you at now today in terms of either churn or retention, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you kind of watch closer. Uh, you know, kind of industry standard. Okay. So you're north, north of 90% in terms of logo retention. And now have you hit negative, you know, negative net revenue churn? Uh, you know, or you're close. Churn, churn rates aren't something we talk about, although, you know, that's, that's obviously, you know, where we like to be. Okay. I mean, that, m- most companies, I mean, many of the folks that I've had on that are in the 100 million ARR range. They've nailed that negative ARR turn. You have to hit mm-hmm. that really in most cases. Yep. So it, it's fair to say, you, you know, you're getting there. It sounds like you, you're very sophisticated in terms of how you're set up your sales team. So expansion revenue is probably something you've also nailed. Do you have pretty predictable, yeah. uh, a pretty predictable kind of year one to year two to year three expansion uh, cohorts? And you know how those are going to perform? Year one to year two. I mean, you think about it, 2014 to 2017, um, you know, we uh, were like a toddler uh, stuck in a teenager's body, right? So, um, you know, we really started to figure out expansion, you know, literally in the last 12 months. Got it. Yep. And what are the levers you're teaching that team to pull to drive expansion? Is it additional feature sets or is it additional seats or some other utility or numerical value? Uh, So, you know, part of it is, identifying accounts where there's expansion opportunity. You know, one of the things about our install base is, you know, we work with, you know, virtually every uh, vertical in every geography, enterprise into mid-market. There's some like, you know, SMB-ish kind of things. You could be like a PR agency with two guys and a dog, but you've got like, you know, Coca-Cola as a client or something. Uh, but you know, that's That's very Austin, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, the, the, uh, you know, that aside, if you can identify, uh, where in that account base, there's geographic expansion, brand expansion, uh, uh, business unit expansion, you know, subsidiary parent company relationship expansion, then you can do land and expand. And then we've got like a very large and very brutally uh, efficient 
uh, development organization that uh, that cranks out uh, new products uh, at a pretty fairly healthy rate. So we've we've launched two major products uh, this year. CRMs might be the tool that I fight with the most. I just haven't found one that I really liked. I don't know if you guys are the same way, but they're just so tricky. And a while ago, I had a guy named John Lee on my show. He's the CEO of ProsperWorks. And he told me they just passed 40,000 customers and 24 million in annual revenue. So they're doing about $286,000 in revenue per employee. And I said, wow, why is this working? And I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. So I went to prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM, signed up, and it immediately became clear why it worked. Those of you that love growth hacking, you should go to that link just to see how they do the onboarding. That's prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. In short, it's like magic. You know, I'm not the guy that, you know, finishes the sales call and then takes the time to actually put data into the CRM. They have this magical way of just doing it. And it's a beautiful thing. So every morning when I wake up, I just go, okay. What leads are ProsperWorks telling me to reach out to because they're most likely to close and it works so well. And you guys know I love money and I love only focusing on the leads that are going to close. So I encourage you to try ProsperWorks. They're sponsoring the show. Check them out at ProsperWorks.com forward slash love your CRM. Folks, that's again ProsperWorks.com forward slash love your CRM. You mentioned you like to kind of go year over year, at least in the triple digits, at least at your current size until numbers get, you know, you know, you know, hundred million kind of ish range where it gets harder. Yeah. Um, you think you'll hit that in 2017? You'll be in the triple digits? Uh, we, we should, and we should be able to in 2018. And then the law of gravity will kind of take effect. <laughs> 3X, 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 2X, 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 IPO, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Good stuff. And then um, what are you at now today in terms of customers? How many folks are on the platform? Uh, a few thousand. Okay, a couple thousand. That's good. Can we say below ten thousand, but above a thousand? Oh yeah. Is that enough? Yeah. Ra- a good enough range? Yeah. <laughs> I want Eric. I want to give you. I want to give you enough credit, but also let you hold on to some vagueness so that everyone doesn't know what your P and L looks like. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Good. Yes. So we'll say again with a thousand customers, and you corrected me earlier. Let's say you know minimum ACV is ten grand, right? You guys are north of kind of eight hundred thirty grand a month in revenue, potentially well north of that because you've got contracts well significantly, yeah, significantly bigger. Do you want to put a cap on that, or just leave it at that minimum? We'll, we'll just leave it. We'll leave it at we'll that minimum. Out there. That's fair. So well north of 833 grand a month or said differently, well over a $10 million run rate, healthy uh, healthy growth there. Eric, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's the last business book you read? Oh my goodness. Uh, Ray Dahlia's uh, new book. Principles. Phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, Principles is a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Oh, that's actually that's actually a good one. I, you know, if I were to talk about the home team uh, here in Austin, uh, you know, you've got Heather Bruner over at WP Engine, uh, who is, you know, kind of uh, our our big sister. So I always watch closely what those guys do. Uh, so uh, they're like a a full a fullback, uh, you know, making all the tackles, making all the blocks for us, uh, making it easier. Uh, and you know, and then I've been uh, I've been watching you know pretty closely the you know kind of the uh, the, the nuanced, uh, work that Apple's been having to do here. That's, uh, you know, as they, uh, as they've kind of matured the product line and, uh, you know, I think that, that's, that's been fascinating, particularly. What are you talking, Eric, what are you talking about? Talking about, uh, you know, kind of this, the stagnation of, of, of Apple, uh, radical innovation, 
you know, Got just it. from a scale standpoint. Where's the growth going to come from after the iPhone? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Number three, what's your favorite online tool besides your own? Whoa. Um, I'm a huge, uh, mind mapping guy. So I love MindMeister, love Asana. Uh, it allows me to, to scale up on the team and then, uh, we're massive Slack users. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, between five and six. That's pretty good. And then what's your situation? Married, single, you have kiddos? Married with four kids. Four. Holy mackerel. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 42. 42. Last question, Eric. Take us back 22 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Holy cow. I wish my 22-year-old self would have uh, decided to graduate in seven years instead of two. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Oh, I... Uh, uh, I ended up getting involved in technology, uh, very early on. And, uh, so I evolved out of college versus you want to stay, you think you should have stayed in longer? Oh yeah. Really? Most people say the opposite. They say, I would have, I wish I would have started earlier. Yeah. No. Stay in college longer. There you guys have it from Eric. Uh, did a lot of important work at Sprinkler before he branched out, joined a company back in 2014. The company was founded in 2013. It's called Trendkite. Went through Dream It Ventures Acceleration or Accelerator Program. Then did a round of funding contingent on really Eric coming in, helping the founding team grow the company, scale it. They've done just that. They raised about 37 million bucks in total. They've passed 200 folks between Austin, San Francisco, and London, combining PR and PR analytics. Super healthy economics. He optimizes for an eight-month payback period with minimum contract values in the 10 grand range range and then also going well up well north of the six figure range again a thousand cust- well over a thousand between a thousand and ten thousand customers currently doing well north of 10 million bucks in ARR with healthy healthy growth year over year Eric thank you for taking us to the top really appreciate it